Hello, and thanks for joining us for another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, where each episode we bring you a fresh and insightful interview featuring one of the film industry's top directors, conducted by one of their peers. You can subscribe to our podcast on Google Play Music, iTunes, Stitcher, or on our SoundCloud page at soundcloud.com slash the director's cut. And if you're enjoying the director's cut, please take a moment to like, share, or comment. We love hearing your feedback. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Benny Boom's newest film, All Eyes on Me, which tells the true story of Tupac Shakur, the prolific rapper, actor, poet, and activist. Starting with his early days in New York City, the feature charts Shakur's meteoric rise and ultimate transformation into a cultural icon, whose legacy remains vibrant long after his untimely death at the age of 25. In addition to All Eyes on Me, Mr. Boom's credits include the feature films Next Day Air and 48 Hours to Live, the movie for television Dice City, episodes of the television series Tales, Empire, NCIS Los Angeles, and Access Granted, and numerous music videos and shorts. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Boom spoke with director Jeff Bird about making All Eyes on Me. During their conversation, Mr. Boom discusses how he convincingly portrayed Atlanta as New York and LA during filming, his considerations while tackling a complex figure in a biopic, and his desire to tell the story with an intimate camera to contrast with the larger-than-life figure of Tupac Shakur. We'll work it out. So, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank Twenty-seven you. point how many million? Or thirty uh, million? Was thirty million no, last weekend? It was like twenty. It was twenty-seven point one. I saw, but that yeah, was an early went, prediction. Yeah, it was like twenty-eight. Or something yeah, like so that. I think the end of it was like yeah, twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Yeah. So opening week, you were number three. Yeah. So it was cars, uh, cars and Wonder Woman still. Cars and Wonder Woman yeah. and All Eyes on Me. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, that is amazing. Congratulations! Thank you, thank congratulations, you, thank y'all. Are, I, I've known Benny for since he was uh, since he was <laughs> like Benny, business. not Boom, but it was like Benny Snap. And <laughs> I've I've known him since then, and you know he's always been a go getter. I mean, I remember when Benny used to uh, PA yep. and be on PB. He'd be on our sets. I direct a video or F Gary Gray or hype. He'd be on our sets, and he somehow he'd always get um, assigned to the talent. Yeah, and and in those rooms when he was with the talent, the next video that was happening, Benny would get that one. Yeah, because he was able to talk to the talent, yeah. and he was yeah. always good at that. And we'd always we love him for it. We'd be like, "Yo, Benny got that video next week, the one we were gonna do." <laughs> so we loved it. So anyway, now Tupac, love yeah. it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, so listen, man, talk to me, talk to me yeah. about this film first and foremost. Um, talk to me about how it came about for you. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of, you know, controversy and everything else, I mean, because first of all, he was a controversial figure. Oh, my God, yeah. So you had to know he yeah. was going to be controversial coming yeah. into it. Yeah. I mean, what's your feeling? Give me everything well, from that it, side. It was, um, I got the I got the call for it uh, the day before Thanksgiving of 2015. The producers had, uh, they had gone through a few other directors to get to the point they were at. And a few writers, you know. As you can see, it's a lot of stuff to tell. And we only told a certain part of his life. You know, we told his whole life, but just a, a very particular story of his. Um and so when, when I got the call, it was it was uh 
like, whoa, are you serious? Like, or he said, yeah. You know, the producer called me and he talked to me for like an hour. And uh, at the end of the conversation, he said, I want you to, I want you to direct this movie. And I'm like, he said, but I need you here today. I'm like, but it's Thanksgiving. So what am I supposed to do? This was LT? This, this is LT Hutton, yeah. So um, I went and uh, by that weekend, I was in Atlanta where we shot. We shot Vegas in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta and then... Um, we started that Monday was prep. We started prep. It was like you right into it? Right into it. Right into prep. So we shot four we shot we prepped two weeks and shot four days at the end of two thousand fifteen and then we uh then the holiday came. So that whole time we took off to prep and then we started back I think at the end of January. Like towards the end for the rest of the movie. So we shot forty eight days. Oh wow! Yeah. With that, with that little break in between. Yeah, but the break was the time I used to prep the to whole prep the rest. Movie. Of yeah, it. to prep the rest of the movie. Most of the stuff that we shot, um, the first four days was all in the prison. So that was the very first. Stuff oh, those were the first four days. All yeah. the prison stuff. All, all the interview stuff with Hill Harper and him. Yeah, all the stuff with Hill, the stuff in the yard. Um, so that was in a real prison. Yeah, it's a real prison in Atlanta, Douglasville. Douglasville oh, okay. Prison. Yeah. God, okay, I thought maybe that was a shut down prison. That's a real one. No, it's old. No, it's it's a real one that's shut down mm -hmm. that they use a lot for production. Oh, got it. And yeah, still, yeah, and it still yeah. works. The all the gates, all work the gates and everything work. Like that. You know, it's a little beat up, but yeah, uh, amazing. So you had to populate. I, the reason why I'm really talking about that is because mm -hmm. you had to populate that yourself. Because I I yeah. uh, did a thing with Spike. We did Malcolm X, and I was yeah. peeing for him. Yeah, we shot in a real prison right. in New York and didn't have to populate with it. So you had to populate it with yeah, all. Yeah, we had to bring we had to bring all the extras in. Yeah, some yeah. of them guys had been locked up in there before. <laughs> so they. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple guys that were like, yeah, I remember I was here because it was it's a place like they bring you there for DUIs and all kinds oh, of stuff. But it's a huge prison, so a lot of them were like, yeah, I've been here before, and this, I remember it was. Well, I, well, hey, the authenticity, authenticity, <laughs> right, right. love that, love that. Yeah. Okay, so, so now you're on the movie, uh huh. All right, and you, you know you put the you put the the controversy in the past, guys. Mm -hmm. You know before you behind. Mm -hmm. You know how did you really get into like what was going to be the important stuff that you wanted to really focus on about Pac? You know the the script set a, the script laid out everything the the story um, that we wanted to tell was the cautionary tale of Tupac's life and it was the things it really was the things and the incidents in his life that put him in the car that night with Suge and because you know I of course you remember and you you yeah. shot a video for Pac so yes, you I did. remember. Yes, I did. And I remember when we lived in New York, he would be, he was in New York all the time and he just always was in trouble. It was yes. like, you hear him in the news, he got in a fight here, something happened at Nell's, just like, you always heard this. This is like going back to like 93, 94. Yes. Um, and it was just like, you think like the guy's so talented, why, why is he always getting in trouble? So I never invest myself, I never really investigated that part of his life until getting into the movie. I just know he got in trouble and, you know, he, um, things happened and once he got to death row, you know, it sort of took off. I, I remember um, Me Against the World album came out and seeing all the music videos, but he wasn't in any of them because he was in jail. In jail, yeah. Right. And so that to me was very interesting that he was sort of like the first artist that I can remember who had a, a like, I want to say it was three videos. It was Dear Mama, it was um, Temptations, and it was another one that, yeah. that other people were in. Yeah, he wasn't in. He wasn't in, and they were hits. Mm -hmm. And so it was at that point, I'm like, wow, he really is, you know, he's something, he's special. Like larger every, than life. Yeah, larger than life. And it's like, man, if he could just stay out of trouble, like he's going to be the man. So this film really examined um, 
the incidents that put him in the car that night. So it's all these benchmarks in his life. It's it's uh, moving from New York to Baltimore because of of the FBI and the, them continuing continuing to um, be on his mother for her yeah. her time in the Panthers. It's him getting going to Oakland, experiencing Marin City, the projects in Marin City called the Jungles. It's him being signed to um, um, Digital Underground. Yep. It's all these things that happen in his life that move him forward, but it also derails him derails his life. You know, it brings him to that moment, you know, um, the rape case, the prison time, being shot, you know, all that stuff. Um, so it's really a tragedy, which is why in the, in the film we talk, you know, he loved Shakespeare. We actually visited his um, his uh, Shakespeare professor, his acting coach, professor at, I mean, I'm sorry, acting teacher in Baltimore. School. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, and he talked. He kind of talked to us about Pox, taught him and Jada. Taught taught him and Jada. Yeah, he talked to us about the two of them and how he, um, Pac just had a flair for Shakespeare, mm -hmm. just the words and how he loved just reading the words. And so for us, like the film is sort of this tragedy. So we we reference Shakespeare a lot in the movie. And uh, and then then to a, a great uh, uh, reaction too, because I mean I think. You know, watching that, mm -hmm. and I think people sometimes can get one, you know, tunnel vision about a rapper, so to speak. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm so glad that you guys you included that yeah. um, about him because I knew that about him coming up that he he was classically trained and all that mm -hmm. stuff. And a lot of people just see, oh, thug like this at the third, and don't know he had that side. So thanks for including that. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's very important. Yeah, it was because because people see because he was a very complex. You know, he's polarizing and complex you know what we wanted to do was with hill as the as the um interviewer hill sort of was played the role of joe public mm -hmm. you know asking these questions with him in prison you know like when he says um he says don't you think that you're the way that you treat women and, and that got you in prison somehow like that's a question that mm. the people would ask him you know, especially at that time with C. Dolores Tucker mm, yes, and all that stuff right. going on. So that's right. that was a, that was sort of the um, um, Hill was being being used as Joe because he never has a name in it. You know, he's yeah, just sort of this. Yeah, he's just sort of this this figure that guides us through Pac's life. Mm -hmm. But he starts off being very friendly, and then towards the end, he's like he kind of pokes at him a bit. Yes, yeah, get a lot more adversarial. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, with your, just, you know, still keeping on the directing side, but also mm -hmm. I, I got to, you know, delve into your own personal experience, mm -hmm. like the, you know, that scene with, uh, Ted Field in the Interscope office mm -hmm. about the Dear Mama thing. Yeah. I mean, you handled that whole thing so well with the way record company executives actually act. Yeah. And, you know, and then that whole moment of having to explain yourself, your blackness, yeah. your, yeah. your existence. Right. You know, I mean, was that already scripted like that or did you kind of pepper it a little bit and no, season it? It was scripted like that. I mean, the, the LT who, um, LT sort of with the writers put the script together. He's from the music business. He worked at death mm -hmm. row. So he was very familiar with, uh, the way that artists, especially at that time, get told what to do. And in, in a label like that, you know, so, um, he that was a very real real scenario in terms of what music should come out and how you should you know this is how we want to position you and that sort of thing which always goes against you know what the artist sort of sees themselves as yes yeah well you guys you cover you cover that well you cover that well <laughs> Thank you. um now i mean looking at it you know on on a whole uh -huh. cinematically mm -hmm. 
Um, and in, you know, the thinking about the certain places where you had the camera and, mm-hmm. you know, lenses you had on there to, to capture certain emotions from the actors, whether it be from um, Kidada when she was pissed yeah, or, yeah. or whether it was from you know, Jada when she was watching him do Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, was a lot of that, did a lot of that come just from you? or you, you how, how connected were you and your um, DP oh, we, on I had and a, your director's team, your AD? And yeah, you? no, Peter Menzies Jr., who was the, the DP, he shot, um, it's funny, it's a funny story about him. He was the DP on Die Hard 3. Oh, wow. And I was a PA on Die Hard 3. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, we, uh, I remember when he, when I looked at his resume, I was familiar with him. I didn't realize he had done that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I kind of remember him a little bit, you know. That was, I was Sam a, Jackson, one in New York. That right? was one in New York, right? <laughs> exactly. and they, they had like 40 PAs on it, mm-hmm. and I was like 38 or something <laughs> like that. And, um, but anyway, so... Um, when we spoke on the phone, I said to him, I said, you know, uh, I was on that job. He said, oh, okay. So when he, when we, when I hired him and stuff, I said, do you remember? He said, no, I don't. <laughs> but it's like, all right, that's all right. You know, cause it was a thousand of us on that. It was a mm-hmm. huge job, but it's just interesting that, you know, I would come from that, yep. you know, that time. And then he would shoot I'm the movie, but circle. he's, yeah, full circle. He did Clash of the Titans and Hercules. And so he's done like some really big movies, but, what I wanted to do was was sort of um, in telling the story, wanted the movie to feel intimate mm. because uh, he already Pac was already this larger than life figure, and mm. I think that in order to to really touch people, it needed to it needed to be like almost like an indie film sort mm. of approach to it, so mm. that people could feel like it's you know it's the real. I mean, and we got Demetrius who plays Tupac, yes, and he ship. looked and acted so much like Pac and, yeah. and, you know, was personified. So it was easy for us to, like, in some of the scenes, like, stay with him the whole time and yeah. not cut away and stuff because he was in it, you know, so. He, he, was. he, did, he yeah. did an amazing job. Yeah, he he did really, an amazing yeah, job as Pac. Great. He was great. Um, so me and Peter, we developed this idea. You know, I showed him some references of thoughts of what I wanted to do in different scenes and stuff. And so we, we went about it with a color palette and, and thoughts. And I showed him. I had, like, tons of references and stuff that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, yeah, he was really amenable. Like he was he was dope. And your AD team, how, how, did, how did you work together with your first it was AD? Good. It, was, it was interesting. That, that was an interesting <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a few ADs on the movie. Okay. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um yeah, it was it was interesting. Um like who was the most strongest standout in your head that stayed with you the longest, I guess? Oh, uh, well Van was there. Van okay, Hayden. Van was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Van Hayden came and mm-hmm. I got him on um Was he towards the end or towards the Towards, towards the it, um for most of it. For most of it. For okay. most of it. Yeah, yeah. Way to yeah, go, Van. Yeah, yeah. And then um you know he it's it's interesting because i could talk in like that in this in this room this is, this is right. the director's girl baby so get out so everybody knows like you know ad's have the director's back yes sir you know so van had my back you know and so Good to know. um so it was definitely so the 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 problem comes in when producers sometimes feel like the ad should just be working for them and manipulate the director but that doesn't, that's not the case. Exactly. Right. And, and so, it should never be the case, AD's out there. Right. And so, um, and so um, that kind of is what, is what happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's and, good. You had a strong, that means you had a strong yeah. AD team. Oh, yeah, who, yeah. Who, yeah, stood, who stood in the gap for yeah. you. Stood in the gap and for And so me. that you can make 
obviously the film yeah. you wanted to make, yeah. the film we saw here. So that's that's phenomenal. Yeah. Okay. Now you said what? Forty nine days. Forty eight days. Forty eight days. Forty five days in in Atlanta and three days in Vegas for all the three days in Vegas. So all of it was pretty much Atlanta. Yeah. 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 Which oh, was so no L A at all. Mm-mm. Wow. Some of it did look like L A to me. Mm-mm. Yeah. Okay. It was so challenging. It was all... Uh, yeah. Okay, and no New York at all. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, okay, I, was, I thought I was gonna, you know, challenge you on uh, which shots you did in New York versus <laughs> Atlanta, and and now I can't even go there because uh-uh. all of it was Atlanta. Everything then, was Atlanta except and for uh, which were the Vegas, just the Vegas for Vegas, the driving Vegas stuff, the driving Every, Vegas, yeah, stuff? all the stuff in in the in the rooms that was a stage in Atlanta. Even some of the driving was shot on a stage in Atlanta. Mm. And yeah. the Vegas was just a casino, and it's the, uh, the real casino okay. and the driving, him being shot, him being all shot out of the street, yeah, and all, all that. that street, yeah. And was that the uh, actual casino? That no, he, the actual casino that was, was like Caesars or something. No, right? it was um, MGM. It was MGM, and they wouldn't let us shoot there because um, they didn't want to be reminded of. I'm like everybody knows already. That, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like this is where it was. They but, didn't want to uh, revisit no, it in their minds. Yeah, they said they said that they couldn't do it and they tried to charge a whole lot of money. That's really what they were getting to, That's a whole lot they, of money. Yeah. Cuz I'm yeah. sure they were not distraught. No, but they they definitely they they didn't want the bad press on it because like you got to think like people come there and go, oh, is this where the Tupac this, uh, fight happened? Right, all the time. So they didn't want to. Oh, you know, that's a, okay, that's, uh, I'll yeah. give them that. But I'm, yeah. I'm, uh, it, it would have been great if you could say, oh, wow, they were brokenhearted. But we no, know, not a, no. We know they, we no, know it was no, really no. about the money. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, yeah. speaking of money, mm-hmm. $28 million later, mm-hmm. um, like where, where, where are you headed? Like what, what, where do you think, what do you, where do you want your head to be now? The beauty of it is, um, you've now just done, you know, number three after Wonder Woman and uh, Transformers, right? Cars. Uh, cars, I'm yeah. sorry. And number three, right? And so we're living in a world of the golden age of television, but, yeah, yeah. you know, boom, you just made this big movie. Yeah, you, you, and, you were in the top three. You were, what, boom, television? not even top five. You were top three. Boom, boom. So, you know, now you have your choice because you are direct yeah. TV. You, yeah. You, you've done NCIS. You've and done Empire. You know, sort of Empire. Top, yeah. So you know where where does the road lead for Benny Boone? I don't know. There's a couple things on the table. I will say it's it's doing a biopic for anybody out there directing or something. It's a very it's a it's it's arduous because you have, um, it's 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 a difficult task to do because no matter what, somebody in the is gonna feel like, oh man, I should have been in the movie. Like, and with this guy with. Tupac, I'm telling you, it was like I'm sure a your thousand phone was people. Blowing up. You know, uh, it's crazy. Every rapper in from 1990 to it's like, yo, what, what about my part? What if, even um, what's his name on the end of this song? Um, uh, rapping Forte. Forte. He was on the end of the song at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, wanted be, Forte wanted to be in it. Yeah, yeah. As himself. Yeah, as himself. But but the Forte thing is, like 45. Like, but for- the thing is, um. He's on the, his manager thanked us for keeping that verse on the song. But a lot of it, you know, I looked at it as everybody wants to shine, but a lot of it is people want the world to know, hey, I was in Pac's life, which I understand that, you know what I'm saying? Like, but it was, it's, I mean, everybody, man, everybody was like, you know, so you're dealing with that part and then, you know, uh, family members who, you know, you never know. The funny thing is you never know what is really going on in somebody's family. You know what I mean? Like from the outside, it might look one way, and then when you dig around, it's like, oh, they don't talk to each other, or they're not cool. So right, so you that part of it, and it's you know, it's not even just with Tupac; it's with anything. Like, um, what was it, the Nina Simone yes, film that came Simone out, Biopic, right, yep. which was, which had got some controversy for a few things. Um, 
it's you know it's 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 that thing. I mean, Marvin Gaye movie still has not been made. Still has not and, been. You know, well, they made one and then, then they never released it. Really? Yeah, they made oh, one know. Marvin Gaye movie and never released oh, it no. because of this. What you're talking because about? Because of right the now. situation. So it's always interesting because the the um, the fans and the public wants it so bad, but then there's people who hold it so close they don't want other. They don't really want those stories told. So you always find yourself in a weird sort of place. So you just got to do the best. You know the best job you can given the task you know what i mean okay so we'll, we'll get to the future benny boom yeah i'm staying on that subject yeah. though amidst the controversy uh-huh you know we've heard we've heard all these voices yeah was the, you know and doing a biopic we know everybody's so protective of it how did yeah. you handle it and how did you kind of navigate it all and and are you still navigating it now yeah there's some navigation you know the, the thing is coming on as as the director um the politics and the business of the movie you know, I didn't produce the movie, and the, so the business and the politics of the movie were already set and in motion. Because, you know, like I said, they had other people on the movie before me. Yep. Um, so those things were set in motion. So I didn't, I didn't have to re, I didn't involve myself in that at all. Because to me, it's like, okay, if this is ready, this is set up, let's go. You guys got this, this. You know, the estate signed, and we got music and the likeness and everything that you're supposed to have. Um, the problem though becomes when, again, people feel like, a lot of people feel like you're supposed to make a special thing for them. Okay. So when you have personal relationships with certain people, you do that, you reach out and there's only been so much you can reach out to somebody and then they respond or not respond, but then you still got to make your movie. You were hired to do a job. You know, you got to pass that on to the producers and say, you know, look, we're trying to do xyz but we're not getting any response you still got to make your movie you got to so um with that with that situation um there was a number well back to the biopic idea so biopics when you when you shoot them you have to it's it is a fictional recreation of someone's life so you have to you have to manipulate some of the events in order to fit within the storyline, like I was, I just watched um, what's the McDonald's movie? Oh, oh, the, uh, the founder, Crop. the founder, the founder. Mm-hmm. I just watched the founder, and um, in a couple of days ago, and then I was reading about reading about it, the real, the real thing, and they had this article, and it was like the ten unfactual things about about the, about the founder, right? And so basically, it was like, you know, the uh. Uh, the woman who he wound up marrying, mm-hmm. he actually didn't meet her at a fancy restaurant. He met her at a th- like it's just all these things. But when you see the film, it's all, it's all constructed exactly. tr- for dramatic purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's there's no different with this film, mm-hmm. right? So I think that um, in one instance, uh, Jada Pinkett had a had it took issue with how we portrayed the relationship or mm-hmm. the issue the situations. So. In real life, Tupac left Baltimore, and he never he never got a chance to say goodbye to Jada, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, in our movie, we wanted to give for the, for us to be able to have Jada be a force in his life later on. Mm-hmm. We had to have them as kids the disconnect. We had right. to have the disconnect for two reasons. One reason is that you wanted to show that they were friends and you wanted to cement the friendship that they had by him 
expressing how hard it's going to be because Tupac once said the hardest thing he ever had to do was leave Baltimore and not say goodbye to John Cole and Jada Pinkett, which were his two best friends. We gave him that in this movie, in the film. So the reason for that was so that later when she's chastising him about what's going on, you understand the journey of their relationship. Um, and it is it is a beautiful setting of these two teenagers who are friends and they got to separate and you just like, oh man, I'm ever going to see you again. And then all of a sudden they both become these big stars. Right. The other thing, when she does come in after the concert to chastise him, um, those events are taken from real things that Jada has actually said as well. But they happen in the script. Originally, it was over the phone. Because he was he was moving and shaking, it was death row. He was like all over the place. So she would get she got on him a couple of times about that record in particular, and about how he was, what he was doing, and how he was being perceived, and how he was acting. In the original, originally in one of the ver- drafts of the script, it was over the phone. So for us, the dramatic purpose of it, we needed to we brought them together in the first act. Their separation was like. Uh, oh man, you know, you're my best friend. I'm never going to see you again. Mm-hmm. Now they're both at the height of their careers, and she's the only one that can kind of steer him back on the right track, which is why she asked him, What's happened to you? Mm-hmm. So, for dramatic purposes, we had to put them together instead of over the phone. It's not, it's just not as big, a, it's not as big of a moment, gotcha. but it's not as if it didn't happen, happen. right? And Pac always read poetry. He was a he wrote poetry in high school, so the idea that he may have not read that poem to her, but he read something at some point in time in their, you know what I mean, in their uh, friendship, right? So I didn't write the script, but as I read it and we shot these scenes, it became important. It's like okay, these are benchmarks in his life, leaving Baltimore, leaving his best friend. But they will reunite later on in life when he need he really needs her, but he's ignoring her. And that her walking out, him ignoring her, that puts him in the car that night with Suge Knight. So these are all events that tie all this together. So taken out of context, because she has she hasn't seen the movie, taken out of context is very hard. It's easy to dissect it until you see the entire film and then judge it, you know, how these scenes play out. She hasn't seen it? Mm-mm, she hasn't seen the movie. She saw those scenes. But she also saw those scenes weeks ago. It wasn't. It didn't just happen. Those scenes were and discussed weeks ago. Yeah. So you know, and probably even you guys reached out to her prior too. Yeah, we reached out well. prior to, and the actress that played her reached out to her and and talked to her and everything. So it's you know, I think again, people um, people have their own personal reasons for why they don't want to see something or do want to see something. You know, um, and so, you know, you can't guess why someone would do it the right then mm-hmm. when they were, had foreknowledge of it three, four, five weeks prior. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you just got to roll with it. Just, <laughs> guess what? You can't make everyone you can't, happy. Yeah, you're going to make everybody happy. That's, that's, you know what I mean? Especially with and, a biopic. Especially with a biopic. And, you know, that, that, but but my hat is off to you guys for thinking about it in that way. And I think mm-hmm. if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he is, she's the only one he said, I love you to in the film besides his mom. 
Yeah, I gotta think. I think so. Maybe. I think. I don't think he said. He I says love you. I love you to his mother. In yeah. The prison. Besides his, besides his yeah. mom, I'm saying because he didn't say I love you to Kadada. He says it to. He says it to Jada. He said, yeah. He says it to yeah, Jada when they hugging. When, when, yeah. they, when they're going. When actually, when she's going. Upstairs, oh, I love you too, scrub. Yeah, yeah. I love you too, scrub. Yeah. And I, I, I really noticed that from mm-hmm. the time. That's why I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's the only yeah. side of his mom. I think you guys cemented that connection really well. Yeah, yeah. You know, between the two of them. Yeah. Uh, from childhood to... To, to adulthood. To adulthood. Which and only that, was like eight years or six, seven years, if you think about it. And it's amazing how their time. careers kind of paralleled a bit. Yeah. And how Jada yeah. kind of blew up in a different world. And it's, yeah, as an and, actress. you know, became, you know, one of the standouts on that show. When right. It, when, you know, in the beginning When it really show, was Jasmine Guy. It, and, it, yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah. just, and, and Lisa Bonet. Lisa I mean, Bonet was started show. off. It was, really, yeah. it was really kind of amazing. Yeah. In that way. Okay, so now that I only have five minutes left, what yeah. is next for Benny Boom? Um, what is next is, um, I don't know. And what, and, what do you feel, <laughs> and what do you feel you want to focus on? Or do you feel like you have to focus on something? I, I you, su- will, you still want to stay multi? I think multi. I have, I have a, a, a film I signed on yeah. to called The Shave. Which is a you read, think, read about that yeah. in the Hollywood Reporter. Congratulations! It's an LAPD thriller. It's about a um, a white cop that kills a, a black teenager, mm-hmm. and then he um, he goes to the to the father of the teenager and confronts him. Um, he to at a bar at a shop, a barber shop that he works at, and he asks for a shave because he wants to explain to him what happened. So all the the community is there. Got, yeah, it's the when I read, he's giving him a he's giving him a, a, he's a giving straight him a raise, straight raise of shade. Way he's gonna give him a straight. <laughs> yeah, and he sits down in the chair and he's and he's like, "Tell me what happened to my son," and then we go through then the, the blood journey. Starts pouring, <laughs> and you know, um, but that's it. And then and TV, TV wise, right? TV, yeah, yeah some ep- some episodes. Is there a show that you created yourself? I mean, a show that's that you're executive producing? No. Uh, uh, the, no, the, we're we're in talk. We're trying to get so one of the characters in this movie. Um, uh, Nigel is based on a real guy named Haitian Jack from New York, from Brooklyn, of course. And so he's from Flatbush. And so um, during the um, making of the movie, he was one of the several people that, that you know, we had consultation with about certain things because he was involved in the rape trial. And he was um, initially pinned as uh, the person that organized the shooting of Tupac at Quad, but then later it come, comes to find out he wasn't the person. Um, but his story is interesting because his dynamic coming if coming from Haiti and leading this life of crime, he was one of the most notorious gangsters in Brooklyn in the 80s and 90s. And his story is interesting because it tells a tale of a lot of people don't understand, and Jeff Jeff knows, but in Brooklyn at a certain time, um, there was this, this split between the African-American community and the Afro-Caribbean community. And so this the show sort of deals with that as a fam the family structures of the African American community, meaning the blacks that either moved up from the South or have lived in New York for a long period of time and those that came from Jamaica and Haiti and, and Trinidad and stuff like that. And how the children of those immigrants formed their own sort of street gangs and identity, um, which was separate from each other. And then when the drug culture came in, you have these different pockets of of Brooklyn, Flatbush, East New York, East Flatbush, uh, you know, uh, Bed Stuy, where these gangs sort of uh, come up from. And he was one of the he was actually the most one of the most notorious guys, which yeah, is why Tupac was attracted to being around him 
a lot because he was, he, you know, he just had a lot of flash and stuff. Um, and he used to come down to the video sets. He yeah, he would come out. to the sets. We, and a, yeah. lot, a lot of us knew him. And a lot of knew him. So, yeah. I mean, he's still alive, so we'll, we still yeah. know him. But, um, but, yeah, he was always kind of around yeah. on, on, on the periphery. Of, he's since been deported. Yeah, is Haiti. He, is he still is he in prison? No, he in never Haiti? he 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 was deported. They deported him. They deported him. Yeah. And he's just out there. So we've been developing a show based on his based it's 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 ba- his his life kind of takes us through this journey mm. of of uh New York in the seventies, late seventies, eighties, mm-hmm. in the nineties. So it has it has some hip hop in it, you know, and it I, has I, I, love, I love that. Yeah, I love yeah, that. Yeah, I, love yeah. I mean I'm from Brooklyn, that's why I said that. Yeah, so I, yeah. it, it, it resonates <laughs> with me. When I saw Biggie on screen, I was like, uh Yeah, right. You know, it always resonates um, with me. So but, uh, yeah, so congrats, that, man. Congrats. Thank you, man. Congrats. I hope that so that's in talks now? That's in talks. We're trying to we're trying to get that picked up right now. Okay, so, so. you got the movie and yeah. you got this in talks yeah. and other other and episodes other of television stuff. that we're yeah. gonna see. Yep. Yep. And more Benny Boom stuff will be all, all over the place. Yeah, and we just, you know. Well, we thank you for this. Thank and thank you, you for coming da- coming out to, to L.A. to speak on it. Yeah. You yeah, know, definitely. Benny Boom, welcome to the DGA. DGA, welcome I- Benny Boom and Tupac's All thank Eyes you. on Me. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. You can check out past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at dga.org slash podcast. Also, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the podcast, please like, share, and leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally.